It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans Podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it is a football Friday, and I'm very excited to get into the weekend. Obviously, the playoff race is heating up. You're getting to see what potential playoff matchups you could have. Teams are in their final form of the year, so this football and having all 16 games on the slate, once Saturday NFL football hits, you know things are for real. So, really excited, not just for the Titans game, of course, but for the entire weekend of NFL football. But as for our Titans, as we know, they do need some help to make the playoffs from a couple of different teams out there. And there is a chance, based on what happens in Tampa Bay with the Texans on Saturday, that this game is rendered relatively useless for the Titans in their quest for making the playoffs. But, As I mentioned earlier in the week, I do not believe that the Titans will take that sort of tact when it comes to the game. You want to be hitting on all cylinders late in the season, especially with the biggest game of the year next week. So I think the Titans will try their best to win this game. And if they're going to do so, let's talk about the keys to the game. So in our first segment, we are going to do our keys to the game. We are going to talk our key matchups and key players for a victory. In our second segment, as always, we will do my beautiful dark twisted fantasy preview and keeping it plus 100. And then in our last segment, we will do Song of the AFC South, our playoff picture preview and focus on the games that really affect the Titans. And then I will use the back half of that segment to talk a little bit more about the Saints scheme and send you guys off with what I really expect and what the Titans should be expecting from the Saints schematically. So really excited to get into everything with you guys. Let's get it. Your Tennessee Titans lead story. This is an excellent game for the Titans to have an opportunity against one of the top tier teams in the National Football League. This is a really good test for them at home. It is essentially a a playoff game, not in terms of, as we discussed earlier in the week, there's a chance that this game is irrelevant to the Titans' playoff push, but going up against a team of this caliber this late in the season definitely has a playoff feel, and if the Titans are able to sneak their way into the playoffs, this will be a very good game to get them ready mentally and physically for the playoff experience. So let's talk about the keys to the game if the Titans are to secure a victory over the Saints, and let's be clear, if the Texans do lose to the Buccaneers, the Titans need to win this game to have a chance to win the AFC South. To do that, they will need to stop the run. It is no surprise that the Saints have a dynamic offense again this year. They are doing it in the passing game and in the running game. They average 108 yards a game on the ground with their two-headed monster in the backfield, Alvin Kamara, who's been responsible for 678 rushing yards, and Latavius Murray, who's responsible for 562. And they even work in Taysom Hill, who's a do-it-all gadget player who has 141 rushing yards on 
the season. One thing that you notice is a pattern in the Saints' three losses on the season is they are unable to get things going on the ground. Against the Rams, they had 57 rushing yards and a loss. Against the Falcons, they had 52 rushing yards and a loss. Against the 49ers, they did have over 100 rushing yards, but that game was 48-46 to and was just an offensive boat race, essentially, between the two teams. So, Hard to take a lot from that. If you average those performances together, we are looking at 75 yards per game. That is 30 yards less than the average I discussed earlier of 108. So that'll have to be a primary focus for the Titans. What that does is, like we talked about with the Texans, that causes their offense to play one-handed. They'll have to go directly to the pass. They will have third and long, which will help the Titans pass rush mentality. They'll know they're able to rush and they won't have to fear having their run responsibilities. It'll kind of loosen up the secondary because they don't have to worry about run responsibilities. So it'll be important for the Titans to stop the run and get the Saints in third and long to have a chance against this offense who, when they get in these third and short third and manageable situations, they go to Michael Thomas, who has been the best wide receiver in the NFL for the last two seasons. This year, he's got 133 catches, uh, 1,552 yards and eight touchdowns. In my notes, I just put Jesus Christ. Uh, Just really incredible. And he's doing it against zone. He's doing it against man. So the Titans are probably going to have to double him and treat him just like they did DeAndre Hopkins. And hopefully they can make some adjustments to not allow a late game outbreak. In pass protection, the Titans have been pretty decent the last four games. One sack against Jacksonville. They did give up six against Indianapolis, which was a bad performance, but zero against Oakland and only two against Houston. That's nine in the last four games. Pretty decent job there. The Saints have a great pass rush led by 13 and a half sacks from Cam Jordan, who will line up inside, outside. I would imagine that the Saints will try to take advantage of Nate Davis, as I discussed on our crossover Wednesday pod. So look for Cam Jordan to go up and down the line, and the Titans offensive line will need to communicate to stay solid in pass protection. The Saints have 44 sacks on the season as a team that's top five in the NFL. That will have to be a primary focus for the Titans as I feel they can run on just about any team in the NFL if they need to. Four key players. Jeffrey Simmons and Jarrell Casey only have five total sacks. I know Simmons missed a lot of time, but I think they'll need two. Interior pressure is what disrupts Drew Brees most. The Titans will have to get pressure up the middle in the interior to help move him off of his spot. Corey Davis will need to have a big game. Marshawn Lattimore will be up against A.J. Brown most likely and shadowing him. Corey Davis has 36 catches, 517 yards, and only two touchdowns on the year. We'll need to see Corey Davis step up and give us the production that a fifth overall pick should in this game, especially as teams start tilting their coverages more to A.J. Brown. Corey's going to need to step up his level going to up against a corner like Eli Apple, who is not, you know, a pro bowler or a great player by any stretch of the imagination. Lastly, Jayon Brown will need to have a fantastic game. Alvin Kamara is a threat from anywhere on the field. They throw him the ball quite a bit. He's second on the team in catches with 73, 485 receiving yards. So seeing Jayon Brown in that matchup will be crucial. That's going to do it for our game 
preview, jumping into the most updated injury report for the game, and I will keep my eye on this for you guys throughout the weekend. Follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans, where I consistently retweet injury updates and provide my analysis of them in real time. Looking at the Saints, they don't really have anybody on the injury report that didn't practice at all that would be of concern other than guard Larry Walford. One thing I do notice here on the Saints injury report is that Ryan Ramchek and Teron Armstead, their two offensive tackles, Andrews Pete and Larry Walford, all of them are listed on the injury report, but Walford was the only one that hasn't practiced this week so far. So I I couldn't really call that a concern injury-wise for the Saints. Now, they did lose Marcus Davenport and Sheldon Rankins. They're two of their best three defensive linemen earlier this year to IR, so that's obviously of note, but at this point, they have rebounded and next man up as the Titans would do. Moving to the Titans injury report. Adam Humphreys is the only player so far that hasn't practiced this week. Everyone else has practiced in a limited fashion at least one of the days. One thing of note here, Derrick Henry and Adoree Jackson both did not practice Thursday after being limited Wednesday. I don't think that's a concern for Derrick Henry. I mean, I'm concerned about his hamstring, but I think he's going to play for sure. Adoree Jackson, though, Mike Vrabel mentioned in his press conference there was some sort of setback. I don't know if that took place on Wednesday or something that happened a few weeks ago with the foot that's caused uh, an extended delay in his return, but that's something to monitor. The Titans really need their best cornerback out there, their best outside cornerback out there to deal with Michael Thomas. We saw how it worked against DeAndre Hopkins last week, so definitely someone that the Titans need back, and if I could pick any player on this injury report to come back fully healthy, it would be Adoree Jackson. I think the Titans right now need him the most. Another addition to the injury report, it looks like it probably happened in Wednesday's practice or early in Thursday's. Deion Lewis was limited with an ankle injury. The Titans lack running back depth so bad, and with both their viable running backs banged up, it's it's a surprise that the Titans haven't done more at the running back position to try to get some help in there. I would imagine them to attack that in the draft pretty early on. But Before we get into all that draft conversation, there's a lot of football left to play. So we are going to move forward to our second segment here, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy preview to give you guys an idea of who is a good fantasy option on the Titans this weekend and then keeping it plus 100 so we can talk about all the gambling information in regards to the Titans game. Before we jump into that, I want to let you guys know that if you're looking for a last minute fun sports gift for the holidays, go to breakingtea.com slash locked on. Breaking Tea makes sports t-shirts around your team's favorite moments. Great for all fans. Go to breakingtea.com slash locked on and then feel free to search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts. My beautiful dark twisted fantasy preview. Let's talk about our fantasy options when it comes to the Titans on Sunday. A lot of you are in one of two categories. Either you're in your fantasy football championship or you're not. (laughs) So a lot of people obviously are not in their championship. We're knocked out of their fantasy playoffs. We're not eligible to make the fantasy playoffs in their league. And a lot of those people are flocking to daily fantasy for these last few weeks of the season in the playoffs, as I do as well. So I'm going to give you guys my season-long 
options if you are in your fantasy championship or maybe the first leg of your fantasy championship if it's a two-week event. But mostly I'm going to focus on our daily fantasy options. Real fast before we start talking about names and players and what I expect to see, let's talk about how the Saints have performed throughout the season in regards to giving up fantasy points. So right now they're averaging 19 points allowed to quarterbacks. That's 12th worst in the NFL. They are only giving up 14 points per game to running backs. That's third best or 29th, however you want to view that. They're not giving up a lot to running backs. Wide receivers are the only area where we're seeing success. They're averaging 26.2 fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. That is the sixth most for tight ends, only giving up 6.6. That's 24th least allowed to tight ends per week. And then defense, they are the worst possible offense you could go against as a fantasy defense, only allowing 2.8 points per week to defenses. So I will start for daily fantasy purposes and tell you do not play the Titans defense. Don't even consider it, especially with the way that they've been playing in recent weeks with the injuries and the back end. You probably know that, but I just want to make that abundantly clear. You cannot play the Titans defense this week. Likewise, as I said earlier, I would stray away from Jonu Smith if you have better options. Uh, The Saints do not give up a lot to the tight end, as I mentioned. Uh, Demario Davis is fantastic as a linebacker. He plays the run well, but he also covers pretty well. So that's one of the reasons that, you know, the Saints do well against tight ends. Looking at the wide receiver position, that's the only place where you're seeing a lot of fantasy success for teams playing against the Saints. Now, as I mentioned earlier, I expect to see Marshawn Lattimore shadowing A.J. Brown. Also, take this into account. A.J. Brown is the sixth most expensive wide receiver on most daily fantasy sites. $7,000 of salary for A.J. Brown. I am very impressed with A.J. Brown. I did my Tic Tac Tuesday segment film breakdown on him this week, so I'm incredibly impressed. But when we're talking about building a daily fantasy lineup, it's going to be hard to put A.J. Brown in there. And if you're going season long and you're playing A.J. Brown... Just a really risky proposition. In this game, if I had to create a daily fantasy lineup, I'd probably lean towards Corey Davis. As I mentioned in the first segment, I expect him to have a big day, and he'll need to have a big day for the Titans if they expect to win with Marshawn Lattimore guarding A.J. Brown, most likely, because then Corey Davis is going to get a steady diet of Eli Apple, and I'm just not convinced that Eli Apple can stop Corey Davis if Corey Davis puts his mind to it. Right now, Corey Davis is about the 60th, most expensive wide receiver available at right around $4,000 in salary. If you're going to stack maybe Ryan Tannehill as your daily fantasy quarterback and then put Corey Davis in as a cheap flex or pick Jonu Smith as a cheap flex, something like that, I don't think that's a bad idea. But if it were me, I would stack Tannehill and Corey Davis if that's what I was trying to do to get some Titans into the game. Before we talk about quarterback, let's just mention the running back position real quick. Derrick Henry, if you're in season long, you're playing Derrick Henry, you have 
no choice. But in daily fantasy, I would stray away. $7,700, the sixth most expensive running back. There's the chance that the Titans rest him in the second half if the Texans do win against the Buccaneers. And there's just a lot of variables going into how much Derrick Henry will play and how effective he will be. And we saw last week that if Derrick Henry doesn't get a touchdown for you, 21 carries for 86 yards is just not going to do it fantasy-wise, especially in these high-pressure moments for your fantasy situations. Derrick Henry has little to no value in the receiving game unless he hits a long screen, which is some of the things that I mentioned when I discuss his contract and his ceiling as a player. But in a fantasy sense, you really can't trust him at this moment in time with the hamstring injury and his limited opportunities. Unless he falls into the end zone, he's going to put you in a bad spot. So season-long, queue him up, of course. But daily fantasy, I'd probably find other options to make the foundation of my daily team. Ryan Tannehill is the fifth most expensive quarterback on most of the daily fantasy sites, right around $6,600. There are better options for you at a cheaper rate, but if you're one of these Titans fans, you just got to have a Titan in your lineup to enjoy the game. And I understand that fantasy is supposed to be fun. So a lot of the times I'll try to find players who I think will do well, but who I like to watch and I like to root for, and that'll be Titans, which is why you know no one wants to hear about your fantasy team. But in my big money fantasy league, I traded for Derrick Henry halfway through the season because I wanted to root for the guy. So that that's what it comes down to sometimes. So if you're going to throw Tannehill in your daily fantasy lineup, he has been a stud and this is a decent matchup for him, then stack him with someone cheap in your flex like Corey Davis or Jonu Smith at tight end and then use your savings, I guess, there on some high-profile guys so you can really build your lineup around this week who are available. So that is going to do it for my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy preview. Let's go into keeping it plus 100. The Titans are two and a half point underdogs in this game, so they're home dogs. The under uh, over under here is 50 points. Okay, so listen, if the Titans were getting three points, I would tell you go ahead and throw some money down because at the minimum you might run into a push with three points being such a typical margin of, you know, victory for teams in the NFL. So I might stay away from that unless that line climbs, which I know recording this on Thursday, sometimes the line changes by the time the game actually rolls around on Sunday. If you see the Titans getting more points, if it gets to three or above, I would feel comfortable hitting that on mybookie.ag. With the over-under being at 50, that's a really high total. You're going to need both teams to be at least three or four touchdowns to be able to get close to that. I'm going to take the over, though. Uh, as I've mentioned throughout the season, I, I root for overs. You'd rather see more scoring than less. Now, with the Titans and the way they played at the beginning of the year, it made more sense to go with unders. But right here with the Saints offense and the way the Titans offense is working, I could see this being a 31-28, 28-24, something of that nature. So I would go ahead and bet the over for 50 on this game. I, I think the score will go over. 50. So that'll do it for our fantasy and gambling breakdowns of this game. My beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy preview and keeping it plus 100. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. We are going to jump into our third segment where I will do a little song of the AFC South playoff picture preview, cover the pertinent matchups to the Titans playoff chances. Just recap that again as we talked about that earlier in the week. Want to make sure going into the games this weekend, you guys have a full understanding of what we should be rooting for to help the Titans out as best as possible. Before we do though, I want to remind you that the original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both 
bounce, and sink. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash locked NFL and using locked NFL at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. If you can't visit Casper right now, you can find this and all other offers from our locked on sponsors at lockedonpodcast.com slash offers. And I personally can tell you how important a bed is. So please check out casper.com slash locked NFL. Song of the AFC South and playoff picture preview. Let's jump into the games that matter. I'm not going to spend a lot of time here talking about all the different AFC matchups as things are very concentrated now. The Titans know exactly who they need to pay attention to and what results they need. So let's jump into it. The Saturday, Saturday football, let's go. 1 p.m. Texans at 9 and 5. At the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now, the Texans are three-point favorites. The Bucs are getting three points. I love that. Um, personally, you know, I know we're out of the keeping it plus 100 segment, but I, I really like the Bucs plus three there at home. If the Texans win that game, as I mentioned in the previous section, both previous segments, if the Texans win that game, there is no chance the Titans can win the AFC South. And at that moment in time, it means that what happens with the New Orleans Saints is totally irrelevant. Because at that point, the Titans can can go 10-6 and six if they, they win both games. But the Texans at that point have 10 wins. Even if the Titans beat them, they both finish at 10-6 and six and the Texans are going to have the tiebreaker. So the Titans can't win the division if the Texans win against the Buccaneers. The Titans will know that going into their game as that game is played on Saturday. So at least the Titans will know that for certain and can maybe rest some guys if they need to. I don't think that's what will happen, but you can you can never know for certain. So keep a lookout on that, and that Texans result may have a big impact on how the game plays out on Sunday for the Titans. The next one, and possibly the biggest game of the day, the Pittsburgh Steelers, 8-6, and six, are three-point favorites the Jets. That's a Sunday 1 p.m. game. Again, I really like that bet too. Jets at home getting three points. I love home underdogs. Love that. I think that the Jets at five and nine, I believe they're five and nine at this moment in time, are a little bit better than their record. They're more of an eight and eight team than, you know, um, a six and 11 team or sorry, 6-10 and 10 team, something like that. Uh, I think the Jets can win this game. Their defense is improved. The offense has capabilities if they come out with a good game plan. Pittsburgh is kind of starting to fall off. This, you know, Duck Hodges mania is starting to wear thin. That guy, Duck Hodges, like Gardner Minshew, these are not stud quarterbacks in the NFL, and they may have a, a decent run where their team is winning, but these are backups at best at that. Duck Hodges is not a starter in the NFL. He's not even a good backup, and the Steelers' offense is starting to crack. It's starting to show what everybody thought it was going to do, and if the Steelers don't get a defensive touchdown, they have a hard time winning games or scoring points or anything. So I think the Jets can win this game. And as you guys know, as we have mentioned, the Titans need the Steelers to lose one of their final games as they are both against AFC opponents, the Jets and then the Ravens. And I worry that the Ravens will have things kind of locked up in Week 17 and maybe not play as hard or go as hard as you know they typically would in a regular game. 
against the Steelers. So I'm really hoping that the Jets can come out and and take advantage here and find a way to win this game against Pittsburgh. But in my opinion, that is the most important game for the Titans this weekend. And the last game to pay attention to, another gambling-wise, another game that I like, the Carolina Panthers at the Indianapolis Colts. Right now the Colts are 6-8. and eight. They are 7-point underdogs. So Carolina is getting 7 points on the road against Indy. I love that number. That's a big number on the road. So uh, I really like that for the Carolina Panthers gambling-wise. But I also think the Panthers are a good enough team to beat the Colts as well. And as we mentioned earlier in the week, if the Titans for some reason lose both their last games and go 8-8, eight and eight, and the Colts, for some reason, win both their last games and go 8-8, eight and eight, and the Steelers lose both their last games and go 8-8, eight and eight. well, then the Steelers get the tiebreaker there because the Colts beat the Titans due to division record, and then the Steelers actually beat the Colts head-to-head in Week 9, so the Steelers would win that tiebreaker as well. So the Titans need the Colts to lose one of their final two games just in case. So we will be rooting for the Carolina Panthers in that game. But I like all of our rooting interests, the Buccaneers, the Jets, and the Panthers. I really like their gambling prospects this week as they're all either home dogs or getting a really big number on the road. So really like that. All the games will be done. The Titans game, the Steelers game, the Colts game, the Texans game. All those games will be done and finalized by 4.30 on Sunday. So I will hop right on on Sunday to get that pod out to you guys after the, you know, which those games obviously will end at, you know, little different times by minute here and there. So whenever all of the three or all of these games are complete on Sunday, I'm going to hop right on and get to recording to give you guys an update of where we're at. So look for that. I told you I wanted to finish with a little bit of a Rollins rant here or just talk scheme for a moment. One thing I want you guys to know before we get out of here is the Saints are going to be incredibly difficult to stop on offense. They use multiple personnel packages. They have three different tight ends with Josh Hill, Jared Cook Jr., and then they use Taysom Hill as a tight end as well. They'll run, you know, 11 personnel with three wide receivers. They will run 22 personnel with Latavius Murray, Alvin Kamara, and two tight ends. They will run Wildcat with... Taysom Hill. They will have him as a running back with their other two running backs that are good. They will throw screen passes. They will throw slants. They will go deep. Um, One thing Mike Vrabel mentioned in a press conference is they'll run slants on you for three quarters, and then when you least expect it, they'll hit you with the sluggo. And if you guys don't know what a sluggo is by name, it's just where you fake a slant over the middle, and then right in the middle of your slant, you cut up field and start getting vertical. It's a double move of sorts, just a very common double move. And if you're playing man coverage and you have corners who are getting aggressive late in the game and they come up and they've seen that slant for three quarters and they come up on it in the fourth now, you got a huge play in the fourth quarter to kind of seal a game away. So I really hope Tremaine Brock uh, has limited snaps. Dory Jackson can play because I worry that Tremaine Brock is going to get beat on one of these being too aggressive in man coverage and it's going to hurt the team late. So hopefully the Titans can get the personnel out there they need or at least coach up some of these you know, practice squad and waiver guys and, and get them mentally ready for this offense. The, the Saints run you know, very unique route combinations and the way they disperse and space out their wide receivers. They have a little bit of everything in terms of personnel. Ted Ginn can go deep. 
Michael Thomas is incredible against zone and against man. Alvin Kamara is essentially a wide receiver out there. So they have a lot of different ways to beat you via different formations, different concepts. And I guess I'm just very concerned with the Titans' ability to keep up with this type of dynamic offense For them to have a chance, like I said in our game preview, they're going to have to stop the run. They're going to have to make the Saints throw down after down, which will give the pass rush a mental advantage knowing what they're going up against. Same thing in the back end. You know, Dean Pease can call a coverage that is conducive to helping, you know, this uh, broken down and battered secondary if he knows that the Saints are in third and long and are going to have to pass the ball. So going to be incredibly important to stick to those key game plan points that I mentioned at the beginning in our first segment because of how multiple and complex and I guess unique the Saints offense really is. Sean Payton is an offensive genius and Drew Brees matches that and those two in tandem can you know, put up however many points you want on any given day. So what the Titans really can hope for here, and my last point that I want to get out to you guys is the Titans do have a little bit of an advantage, in my opinion. It's something that I mentioned in the Crossover Wednesday podcast. The Saints had an emotional victory on Monday night, which only gives them six days to prepare for the game. But they had the entire 2009 championship team in the building on Monday night, which means they were celebrating all weekend, you know, meeting up with guys you used to play with, um, smoking and joking out on the town. Hopefully, that emotional win and that you know really high emotion win will cause a little bit of a letdown on the road, in the cold outdoors, out of the dome for the Saints, and maybe that'll help the Titans a little bit and help them counteract this historic offense. So that is going to do it for our show today, a football Friday. We went over our game plan points. We went over our key players. We did my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy preview to go over the fantasy aspects of the game, keeping it plus 100 to go over the gambling aspects of the game. And then we went over all of the playoff paths and who the Titans need to be rooting for this weekend. And then, of course, talked a little bit of the Saints offensive scheme here just as a little bit of dessert for you guys. So really excited for this weekend. The Titans need help, but I feel good about where they need help. So hopefully when I come back to you on Monday, we can talk about how the Titans playoff chances have increased, how well they played on Sunday, because boy, I I really got fond of winning. It was very strange to deal with a, a losing podcast on Monday, and I didn't like it. And I'm sure you guys didn't either. So hopefully the Titans can get back to their winning ways on Sunday. It would be a big deal to beat the Saints here, especially if the Titans get a little bit of help. If you aren't already, please subscribe to the show. Follow me on Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans. If you have time this weekend, I don't ask for it a lot. Please give the show some five-star reviews. Also, if you want to ask me a question of any kind, I don't really do a mailbag right now. It's something that I am going to look into as the season ends, going into the offseason. But if you have questions for me or any question you just want to ask whatsoever, give me a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you have the ability to. Let me know on Twitter. Shoot me some questions, and I will see if I can get you know those answers into a podcast next week for you guys. So hopefully you'll help me out with that, and I'll help you out by answering those questions on air and giving you a shout-out for asking one. So looking forward to doing that, looking forward to progressing the show, but mostly looking forward to getting Titans football back in my life on Sunday and hopefully getting a win. So... 
I will be back with you guys on Monday, hopefully with a Victory Monday podcast. Until then, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans. for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NBA team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.